Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, the founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Consequence Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz, at Spark Parade, on all social media. Thanks ever so much for joining me this week. My guest is comedian and actor Amanda Seals, who spoke to me about her spark, The Cosby Show. It's a lovely chat. Uh, We focus on Amanda's love for what is inarguably one of the best and most influential sitcoms of all time. But we also get into the complications posed by uh, the accusations against Bill Cosby and also the ways in which they've tainted the show's legacy. Sounds interesting, right? Well, it is. But before we get to the interview, a gentle reminder to follow me on Apple Podcasts and leave me a lovely little review so you can give yourself a chance to win some Consequence merch from the Consequence Podcast Network, of course. Um, Yeah, you just need to screenshot your review after you post it, upload it to the link in the show notes, and you're done. It's really just two minutes of your time, you know? So why not? Right? Do it, please. Okay. Now, quick Amanda facts. Amanda Seals is a comedian and creative visionary with a master's in African-American studies from Columbia University. You know her as Tiffany on HBO's Insecure and from her HBO stand-up special, I Be Knowin'. She is a former co-host of daytime talk show The Real, host of NBC's Bring the Funny, and she hosted the groundbreaking 2020 BET Awards. She is the creator and host of the hit live and now virtual music and comedy game show Smart, Funny, and Black, and she hosts a weekly podcast called Small Doses and has written a book by the same name. Her new political comedy documentary in Amanda We Trust is out now and available on her Patreon. 
Quick Cosby Show facts. The Cosby Show is a sitcom co-created by and starring Bill Cosby. It focuses on the Huxtables, an upper-middle-class African-American family living in Brooklyn. The series was based on Cosby's stand-up comedy act, which in turn was based on his family life. The Cosby Show spent five consecutive seasons as the number one rated show on American television. Eight seasons and 201 episodes were produced. And there you have it. Let's get down to business. Here comes my chat with Amanda Seals about The Cosby Show. The start for all these conversations is your origin story with whatever we're talking about. I think with something like this, it's maybe, I mean, you tell me, a little more difficult because it's like saying, when was the first time you realized you... Uh, are a person like who, who remembers the first time they saw an episode of the Cosby show but you tell me maybe you do yeah I don't remember the first time I saw an episode of the Cosby show but I remember the first time that it was like a do or die to miss an episode of the Cosby show like I remember my um my mom using it as a punishment <laughs> and like, it was a thing. Like, she, and I remember being like, this is not fair. Like, like, and like, I remember calling my aunt to bring in like reinforcements. Um, and so, like, I feel like that's indicative of just how important that show was to me. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it was so much that it was so much so that it was an effective punishment <laughs> to miss it. Yeah, I understand that. And I think, you know, for people, kids these days don't understand what it's like to live in an era where there are five channels on TV if you don't have cable. Yeah. You can only watch it when it's on live unless you got somebody who can tape it for you or whatever. Right. So it's a thing. Plus, because all of our TV viewing was channeled through this narrow band, Everybody watched that show. Yes. Everyone in the country, definitely, but all around the world. Yeah. So it was like every Thursday, an event happening. Yes. What do they call it? Um, event programming. I can't remember. Like the last show that I, that, that I feel like did that for me was Scandal. Hmm. Like I remember like people, like we, like being on Twitter to watch Scandal together. Um, and that was the last show that I feel like was kind of of the era where it's going to come on. And even if you could stream it later or whatever, whatever, it's like you want to watch it when it comes on because you don't want to be left out. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, there is actually, I can't even say that because Game of Thrones is very similar. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like you need it to like, if you, if you weren't there when the red wedding happened. I mean, and you just mm -hmm. heard about that by the way. Oh my God. Yeah. Terrible. I like, I guess one of the things that is unique about this is like, I, I don't know if people care as much about spoilers for a sitcom. Um, may, maybe, maybe. They right, do. right, 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 right. Um, but also having less content available. So the entertainment that everybody had access to was much more limited. So, you know, there are millions of people who watch Game of Thrones, but it's not everybody. And it's also, it's like uh, 
smaller percentage of the population because there's so much more shit to watch. Yes. So when The Cosby Show was on, it's like you have a show that is so good and so many people love it and it's inescapable. It's this, you know, a, a cultural phenomenon in a way that kind of doesn't exist anymore. And I don't know if it ever will again. Yeah. I mean, it was a pillar. Mm. And it also... At the time when it came out in the 80s, you know, we're, we're talking like contextually about, you know, the crack era in America. Um, we're talking about Reaganomics, you know, we're talking about, you know, just we're coming out of the 70s, which is the Black Power Movement, which is on the heels of the 60s, which is the Civil Rights Movement. So there's still a... Uh, there's still a disconnect in America. I mean, there is to this day in America to like black culture and like black representational images. And so the Cosby show being this black family that is, you know, pretty affluent um, in Brooklyn. You know, we've got a, a mom who's a professional. She's a lawyer. The father is a professional. He's an OBGYN. You know, the kids are pretty, you know, just kids. They're, you know, the stuff that they're getting involved in is just kid stuff. Um, I think it's, I mean, I don't think I know because I, I took a class on this in college, but it was greatly impacting, uh, like socially, it, it was greatly impactful socially. And there was, of course, naysayers who were like, no one's going to watch this. Who's going to relate to this? Uh, but they really ended up like beating the odds of that. I'm like trying to think where that book is right now. But I remember I took a class where we talked about, uh, just how the ratings really went beyond what the execs kind of thought would be the case because they didn't think that Black people in America would relate to it. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you that Black culture, Black pop culture is Black culture, which is very different, I would say, than mainstream pop culture in America. Like mainstream pop culture, like if we're thinking like uh, Backstreet Boys and 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 uh, Britney, like that stays within the bubble of pop culture, right? And it's still even related to like years later, it's like, it's still pop culture. Whereas for black popular culture, it becomes black history. Like it is a part of culture. Like Claire Huxtable might as well be a real person. Right. And my theory on this is just because there's, there's been so much effort made and continuously made at erasure of the black experience that pop culture ends up being like a really viable method for actual black representation of black stories. So even when it's a fictional character, it still feels like, nah, but this is real though. Cause we mm. needed this for y'all to even believe that we could be this. And for us to even see ourselves be this, you understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's something that has become, it's like a very complicated and very simple at the same time. Like, the obvious complication is Bill Cosby. Um, yes. Himself. Yes. But the thing that is very simple about it is, I mean, that's kind of a two-pronged thing too. First of all, one of the best and most influential TV shows in history yep. across the board revitalized the genre of sitcom and changed what television is forever as one prong of the good stuff. And then the other stuff, as you were saying, the huge effect on Black representation across all media, not just at the time, but ongoing forever. Right. The way that, you know, 
the powers that be saw the value of black characters mm-hmm. and understood that it wasn't like you're making a show about black people that only black people will watch. Correct. And, you know, we are still far away from studio executives. Yeah. Really understanding that lesson and learning that lesson. Yes. Um, but like it is incalculable how much of an in- impact that show has had, you know, in so many different areas. So it is it is mind boggling. And then you're talking about a show that's just like made you feel good and was like this warm, wonderful, hilarious thing that everybody really looked forward to. So it's like, yeah, lots of things going on there. Yeah, I mean, the Cosby show, um, unfortunately, you know, Bill Cosby tainted the legacy of a show that I feel like had the legs of a Seinfeld in terms of its ability to be a, you know, timeless um, show, right? Like there's certain shows like All in the Family that are not timeless because, you know, there's this like ways that things are being approached and said that are no longer appropriate, right? But... I mean, I can't think of any examples of The Cosby Show where that would be the case. I mean, I, if there was a Jeopardy for The Cosby Show, like, I would win it. Um, (laughs) I would win because there's just so much there that is timeless. Um, The characters are all um, just really well-crafted. And I didn't even know until recently that Keisha Knight Pulliam is the youngest person to ever be nominated for an Emmy. Right. For a primetime Emmy. Yeah. 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 Um, but I think for, for what it's worth, I was very much shaped by The Cosby Show as a young person in America, as a young Black person in America. Um, and as a, I, I didn't know this at the time, but as somebody who is a comedian, like, it really gave me a groundwork for doing comedy that has an intellectualism to it, right? That has a wit to it, that has a a personal element to it, but that is like thoughtful, right? And that was something that um, I don't think I realized until I was older that like watching The Cosby Show and like A Different World, like these are training me to become like the comedian I am today. Right. And just like, you know, the approach to family dynamics, the approach to how siblings relate to each other, the approach to how parents relate to their kids, all of those things handled in such a smart and authentic way that that's what makes it so that people feel like they can relate to this family is because the the way that they're all communicating with each other feels familiar but then the the real skill is having that as a foundation and then making it hilarious so yeah just just mind-blowing stuff and like doing some research and kind of refreshing my memory uh for this thinking about all of these like iconic moments i mean you know the one that jumped into my mind immediately is the ray charles lip sync where they're you know, know. <laughs> incredible yes um where you know theo wants to get the designer shirt and denise makes him yes um and just all of these things that uh are you know burned into my memory that were burned into the memories of millions of people yeah, what amazing. Like what what can you say? So all of that stuff is incredible and life-changing for me and for so many people. 
but uh, I guess I don't want to spend too much time focusing on the stuff that Bill Cosby did and his life outside of the show, but just talking about the way that the legacy has been tarnished. I, the thing, the problem that I have, I know um, I talk a lot about separating the art from the artist on this show, all of that kind of stuff. There are so many other people who are involved in this show and Felicia Rashad doesn't deserve to be caught up in that stuff. The rest of the cast, you know, I saw an interview with Malcolm Jamal Warner where he was talking about residuals being cut off because there's, the show's not in syndication anymore and talking about how that's affected him financially. And I guess just like, do you, have you seen, have you seen it recently? Do you, is there, you have access to the, to the show? I have DVDs, mm. but I haven't seen a Cosby show episode in forever. Yeah. So no. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think that's the, that's the really unfortunate part is that there's, uh, you know, the collateral damage that comes along with someone like Bill Cosby, you know, making such terrible life choices uh, and uh, harming people in such a significant way. And it ends up being beyond simply what you're actually indicted for, but you're now harming the people that you were working on a show with, you know? Um, I mean, those are real realities. Time for a quick break, because somebody's got to keep the lights on around here. But we'll be right back. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. I, I always say that, you know, the reality of being in this town and being in Hollywood is that any other stuff you're working on, like it's 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 a lease. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a lease, you know, you you're 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 basically attached to it and doing it until they decide um you're not. And uh that's just the reality of things. And that's why I've worked so hard to try and create just other avenues for myself. So even with my documentary in Amanda We Trust, that came out of me saying, I'm going to make something for myself, um, you know, where I don't have to answer anybody. I'm not having to think about what anybody else wants. And I'm doing, you know, what feels good to like my creative sensibilities. And ultimately, I'm also like, people aren't like able to tell me kind of like why I should do something for reasons that have nothing to do with the creative <laughs> direction or like the actual value of the product. And, you know, I would love to get to a point where I can just sustain on just doing that alone. Right. But at this point, like it's still, I have to, you know, dabble a bit in Hollywood and still then, you know, come and do my own stuff. 
Um, but that's largely in part because I want to have that space creatively, but I also want to have that security. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's what this show is for me. It's like I, uh, getting to the point where I was tired of asking permission to live my life and to do the things that are important to me. Um, so yeah, just like diversifying your creative portfolio or whatever. Right. But yeah, and I guess it isn't uh, with Bill Cosby's legacy. I don't think, uh, or I know it's not just confined to the Cosby show, the amount of firsts in his career and the impact that he had on representation of black people before the Cosby show started, you know, I spy and every other show that he was on, this enormous, enormous impact. And that, that is all a part of the legacy of this show. So I guess it, it is hard to separate those things, but I, I think it is possible for people to compartmentalize stuff. And this show exists as a separate thing to Bill Cosby, the person. I mean, do you, do you think that that is true? Do you think that's possible to um, kind of talk about those two, two things without acknowledging or i mean without like incorporating what has happened since well yeah i mean i think there's unique situations like well, i can't do that with r kelly because his songs are basically chronicles of what he did so there's like something very like built in in that that feels like you're literally supporting like the journal of a um you know person who's committing just terrible acts to women and young women whereas like the Cosby show feels a bit less of a personal representation uh, and is a character. And like you said, there's other people involved. Um, so it just doesn't have the same implications. Um, that being said, there was something that needed to be done in them saying like, well, we're going to take this off and not, you know, continue to pour into this man's coffer uh, because he's, you know, hardful. And I think, listen, I, I am not, I'm not naive enough to think that they did that because they wanted to like be moral. Um, I think largely in part, that was also because it's like, oh, now we don't got to pay them. Uh, so, you know, I get, I, I know, I know that and it ends up kind of like serving two purposes. Yeah. And also protecting the bottom line means getting yourself away from any controversy, not necessarily saying this is the right thing to do, but this is the right thing to do for us to hoard the pile of money that we're hoarding. Right. Uh, anyway, the more important stuff, I guess, is just the, you know, the feelings of when this show was the number one show in America for five years, breaking records everywhere and was so important to so many people, including me. And like, were there characters that you felt closer to or more invested in or like, you know, you enjoyed them more than others? Or was it just like uh, the whole experience was the thing for you? Um, I think there was all, there was kind of special parts for all of them, right? Like for Denise, like one day I would love to just like take the time to make a book for myself of just Denise's fashions. Um, like, I would love to just like literally just do that for my own joy enjoyment. Uh, then there was, of course, the Rudy of it all, just her being this precocious kid and just Vanessa's awkwardness. And then, of course, Leo being, I mean, Theo being the only guy in the house uh, out of the kids and just his own um, relationship with Cockroach and just how they really like 
would bring in hip hop into the show through him uh, was really timeless. And so, you know, I think ultimately, like they all added up to being this bigger picture. And then when you bring in Sandra and Alvin and just like watching this couple try and, you know, stumble through law school and medical school and, <laughs> you know, marriage and whatnot, like they're, they really did a clever, they were very clever at just uh, creating these avenues to talk about family life uh, in ways that weren't like, like through the characters, but in ways that didn't seem stereotypical. And in hindsight, you know, that that was something that was a constant issue with Black television was just this feeling like, oh, we need to have stereotypes, we need to have stereotypes. And so they really broke that mold. Yeah. And each of those characters individually, I think another really important thing was that their personalities, the way they moved through the world, it was all so fully realized. It was all like they felt like real people. Um, yeah. And that was a really important element of it. But then also, uh, again, just the the way that the show impacted the representation of Black people on TV, having a family that's like upper middle class, living in Brooklyn Heights, and like you said, an OBGYN and a lawyer, having uh, Claire Huxtable, again, be this fully realized complex character where she's like, she has a career. It's, it's, you know, a serious thing. She's really successful, but she's also loves her children fiercely, can, you know, be very stern and strict sometimes and be not some other times, all of those things. I mean, like, do you, do you feel like that kind of representation that seeing a, a black family who related to each other like that, or seeing a black family with, uh, you know, parents who had those kinds of jobs or whatever, was that important to you? I mean, I was eight. (laughs) Yeah. um, You know, I I don't know that it was important to me. I think uh, it was, but it was important to America at Mm -hmm. the time. Um, Thinking about the way that blackness was incorporated into the show, like having, uh, you know, Theo have a poster saying, stop apartheid or those kinds of things, um, I guess one of the criticisms that people have had is that it didn't directly address racism very often. And I guess I've just had a conversation like I'm gay, I'm a Jew. I was talking to somebody about movies like Brokeback Mountain or Schindler's List and seeing them as a young person and just being like, I don't need any more movies about being gay, being sad and meaning that you're going to die. I don't need any more movies about the Holocaust. It's important for everybody to learn about the Holocaust. I fucking know about it. I don't need any more of that. I want to see movies about people who I identify with that are about joy, that are about happiness. And I think The Cosby Show did not ignore race. It was a huge part of what the show was, but it also provided this source of joy. And it was about a family that was happy and had... Yeah, that that experience was like, to to me, you know, with my identity feels like this transformative thing. Yes, it is a Black show. It needed to show Black people in a, you know, different way. And yes, that is an imperative part of the show. I don't see any really way around that. I mean, I think it was also just, you know, great that it didn't have to focus on racism all the time. Um, I think the other part of it is that their Blackness was demonstrated in how they lived, in the music that they listened to, in what they wore, in the way they interacted with each other. And it didn't have to be like, look at us, we're being Black right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is what I think some people want and not necessarily Black folks. 
Um, but there was also just the reality that like, you know, the same way that you're like, you know, I don't want to have to see like these types of images all the time. Like, I don't want to have to see black people always having to deal with racism every day. Like, that's just, you know, there's a certain level of escapism that we do want to experience when we're watching television just as viewers. And so like that doesn't that's not lost on black folks. Like, I mean, yes, we are dealing with racism every single day, but there's also something to be said for just like wanting to watch a show that has moments, you know, that that's existing in the time and space. Um, where that is not having to drive the conversation all the time. And it's not like the, the thing that's like taking the joy, taking joy. Yeah. I guess in terms of the lasting impact that this show has had on you, you know, as a, an adult after the show finished, like, do you feel the impact of it in your life, in your work? Yeah. I mean, I said earlier, you know, that it really like I see like as a comic now, like I see how, you know, shows like The Cosby Show show up in my work now, just in my storytelling, just in the type of comedy that I do. Um, you know, and I think that there's, there was at one point in time, some like a very small kind of niche type of black comedy that people looked at. And it was, it was considered like, that was the only version of, you know, black comedy that, that could be considered black. And we've seen that expand over time to, you know, be inclusive of um, a lot more different types of Black comedians that have different types of voices. And I feel like that's what The Cosby Show was in the TV form of things. Yeah. Um, I think that is a lovely note to uh, finish on. All right. Thank you so much. This has been really, really lovely. Um, I really appreciate you making time for me. Thank you. No doubt. You have a good one. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks again to Amanda for chatting with me. Her new political comedy documentary, In Amanda We Trust, is out right now. So go and watch it. Okay? Okay. Um, quick spark of the week from me. Uh, I read a book called Monsters, A Fan's Dilemma by Claire Detterer. And it's rather apropos given the subject matter I spoke about with Amanda. Um, it's a collection of essays that are essentially about whether you can separate art from the artist who created it when that artist has done terrible things. There are no clear answers here, but she gives a lot of thoughtful takes on artists like Woody Allen and uh, Roman Polanski. There are a couple of mentions of Bill Cosby too, but um, she doesn't dig too deeply there. Anyway, it's a really well-written and smart examination of a very complex set of issues. So check it out if you're into that kind of thing. And that's about it. Please follow me on social media at SparkParade. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts and give the show a nice review so you can have a chance at winning some of that exciting Consequence merch. And just remember to upload your review screenshot to the link in the show notes too, please. And thank you. And until next time, bye. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. 
Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com.